Welcome to another edition of the SC Time Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Brian Mosey. Brian, we got some exciting times, I would say, on the horizon here. We have State Girls Basketball Tournament, NCAA Frozen Four. We're going to be some, you know, winter's coming to an end, but I think we're going to be pretty busy these next couple weeks. Exciting times with the St. Cloud Times. Ha! But, um, shh. How long did you think about that before we started? Like, uh, when you said exciting times, <laughs> <laughs> it was either going to be you thought for three seconds or like three hours on that one. Like, <laughs> um, like Brian said, yeah, there's there's a lot going on right now. You know, we thought this would kind of be the, the stretch where you know we're not going to have any games. We're going to kind of take a little breather before the spring season. That doesn't seem to be the case. So that's going to be. Um, we'll talk the surprising a part is that it's, it's because of college and not really high school. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah. St. <laughs> Cloud state making some, some history of their own second ever frozen four appearance. We'll talk about that here in a couple minutes. Um, and then Albany girls basketball dominating in their state quarterfinal matchup last night that Brian was at, um, to move to the state semifinals. They'll play next Tuesday at the target center. So next Tuesday, that's Brian's going to be covering that. And on next Wednesday, I'm going to fly out with Dave Schwartz to the Frozen Four for about four or five days to cover um, the semifinals and finals. So it'll be it'll be a lot going on. And I'll be hiding in the suitcase um, in the flight. Oh wait, no, never mind. Sorry, I wasn't supposed to say that. No. Okay, you keep that to yourself. We'll let <laughs> we'll let TSA figure that out. <laughs> no, definitely going to be a fun week ahead. Um, we are also doing all metros getting those all done before the spring season starts. And we'll be, we're also working on spring previews uh, this week and next week so that um, coming in the next couple of weeks, we can have uh, some previews for all of you to look at um, as we get ready for the first spring season that Zach and I will be covering in St. Cloud. It's exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Even talking to the coaches, most of them have nearly no idea who to expect or who they (laughs) think is going to be the best players so we're we're trying to parse through that figure all that out for people so they have an idea when when the season starts up but i think the place to start today um is st cloud state men's hockey um as we mentioned they advanced to the frozen four they won six to two over boston university last saturday um and four to one over boston college on sunday and in both of these games i mean they got down a goal it looked um a little shaky at first you know couldn't really couldn't score in the first period either game um, but in the second period, both times they came out charging, scored, you know, three goals in each of the second periods, dominated um, two very good teams in Boston University, Boston College, both the one and um, three seed in those sections. Um, so, I mean, it was it was a really fun regional. I, you know, I was only able to watch these games on TV. Obviously, they're out in Albany, New York. So I didn't get to see them in person for these ones, but um, it was really cool to see, especially in that second game. When they were down one to nothing from the very beginning of the second period, Easton Brodzinski, who's their leading goal scorer, um, he gets hit with an injury, leg injury that's going to have him out for the rest of the year. So he goes down, and it seemed like that really kind of motivated them. Um, it seemed like they could sense from how serious the injury was that he wasn't going to be playing the rest of the year, even then. And they really went out, took it to Boston College at that point, who you know was number two ranked in the country, um, scoring three goals and. And just dominating the attack. They got some unlikely goals from um, Luke Jaycox and Will Hammer, who each I think had a combined one goal going into into the game. So um, kind of everyone stepped up, and it was a really fun performance to see over two games. Yeah, it was fun to watch on Twitter because um, Will 
Will Hammer is a cathedral native. Um, went over to or play at cathedral hockey or played cathedral hockey um, in high school, and uh, it was just funny because I think I think the cathedral hockey's Twitter account just said Hammer in all caps with exclamation points. Um, so kind of fun because you know you always root for kind of the the native people around the area that are you know that are working their butts off and. Um, very fun to watch for sure. I, I know for me, I was, this was, this weekend was kind of fun because I'm normally not a huge hockey person. I grew up as a baseball fan. Um, but for some reason that like this weekend, I was fully invested on, um, the, the hockey scene and, and being able to watch some of the, the, the tournament and such. Um, so it was a great time. Um, some really fun games as well. I know that, UND UMD game went into like five overtimes. Um, I watched a little bit of that game. Um, so there was plenty of good, con- good hockey going on this weekend, especially like you said, St. Cloud state getting able, being able to go to the frozen four um, always a fun one for the community. And I know there's a lot of fans that are excited to see these Huskies be able to play next week. Yeah. It was a really fun weekend of hockey. And, you know, besides that you have um, you have Duluth who's two time defending champion. Um, after missing last year, but you know, they won in 19 and 18. They're going to be back um, after, you know, winning that slug fest with North Dakota. Um, and there will be some fans there, you know, it's not going to be full capacity, you know, 20,000 people going there, something for the game, but um, there will still be, you know, limited fans throughout kind of spaced out throughout the, the upper decks and other areas of, of the arena there in Pittsburgh, but It'll, it's going to be fun. Mankato, who St. Cloud State is playing, um, they won their first ever NCAA tournament game on, uh, I believe it was Friday night in overtime, and then they blew out the Gophers 4 to nothing on Saturday to make it too. So, um, like you said, a lot of Minnesota representation, three of the four teams that has a lot of people around here excited. Um, there's for sure, for sure going to be a Minnesota team in the final, could be two in the final. Um, I think I saw it was the first time since the 90s that a single state had three teams in the Frozen Four, so... Um, you know, there's a lot of first, a lot of interesting things, but in the end, it's going to be some really good hockey. And I'm, I'm really excited that me and Dave are going to be out there to see it. Yeah, no, I, I know for me, that was the big hook was just the amount of Minnesota teams. I mean, um, very familiar with Mankato just because, um, my older brother, he, he graduated from there, um, and went there for college. So very familiar with Mankato. And then obviously UMD, some of the people, um, around here. I mean, like Jack Smith, for instance, um, that graduated from cathedral last year, he's going to be playing at UMD next year. Um, so just a lot of different familiar names and and faces that are a part of these different, uh, teams and such. And so it's fun to, fun to see some of the, some of the Minnesota natives being able to go out there and and be able to play. Um, I know it hypes up a lot of people around here because this is the state of hockey and, um, truly, truly shows it when you get three out of four in the frozen four. Yeah. And I mean, it'll, if no matter who advances through, but especially if St. Cloud state would face Duluth in the final, they've already met seven times this year. Um, you know, a, a bunch of overtime games they met, it was a one goal game in the, you know, NCHC tournament. Um, you know, it's been back and forth. I think, gosh, I think all but all but one of them maybe have been one goal games. Um, I think two of them, they, they got blown out in Duluth once was the biggest margin, but otherwise they were five and two, um, against Duluth this year. So that's exciting. I think the last time that they played Mankato, I saw last year in person, they beat Mankato seven to two at um, the Gophers arena in a holiday tournament. That was an insane game where 
Um, they just couldn't stop scoring. And I think Mankato was number two at the time. And this is when St. Cloud State was, you know, below 500 last year. So that was a shock too. So, I mean, all of these teams have a lot of history. UMass has been there before. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot going on. Um, plenty of storylines to follow along with. Absolutely. And you can check everything out at sctimes.com. Um, I know Zach and I, um, mostly Zach, I'll, I'll give Zach a lot of the credit because he's going to be working his butt off over the next week. Um, but, uh, we'll be working on some stuff for getting you ready for the, for the game. Um, I know for me, I'm working on kind of a history story. Uh, Zach's working on a bunch of different feature stories as well as previews and such. Um, and then like, like he was saying before, Dave and him will be heading out Wednesday to go out to Pittsburgh. Um, I'll be keeping, keeping everything level in St. Cloud, maybe going to a, I don't know, watch party or something like that, that might be happening or something like that. So We'll have plenty of content for you over the next couple of weeks um, as we get ready for St. Cloud State Hockey to, to start up um, at the end of next week. So, um, but yeah, no, definitely going to be a fun one um, for sure. And you can check it out on sctimes.com. You can also check it out on our Twitter pages at sctimeszach as well as at Brian Mosey. Um, it, it's going to be going to be a crazy time. I thought we were just going to be working on all Vetros and spring previews and not the case. <laughs> no, but this doesn't come around much. I mean, they've been only For once sure. before in history, 2013, also in Pittsburgh. Funny enough, only a couple of years after um, this arena had opened up. So uh, two for two on going to Pittsburgh. We'll see if they have better <laughs> luck this time. Uh, last time they lost, I think it was four to one in the semifinal game. Um, so we'll see, see if history can change up this time. But either way, um, will be a really fun week for, for people cheering along in St. Cloud. And um, it'll also be... It's a little bit of a, a long wait till the semifinal game, but for Albany girls basketball, who you just watched last night, um, just dominated, took care of business 41 to 11 or 12. I still don't really believe the score. It'd be 12. Yep. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was quite a game for sure. Especially when you're looking at all the other scores and like Duluth Marshall is, is up like 94 to 91 or something like that. Um just crazy, crazy scores up there. And then you have 40, 41 to 12 and you're like, all right, well, a little different there. Um, but no, definitely a fun one. Um, I drove up to Pequot Lakes yesterday, um, last night for the game. Uh, it was kind of a neutral site for them. Um, Pelican Rapids being North of Pequot Lakes and Albany, obviously being South. It was a nice little central location for the two teams to meet up. Um, but Albany definitely was ready to go. Um, it was a different, it was two different styles of tempo, very different styles of tempo. Um, you have Albany that loves to get out on transition and, and do kind of some fast break stuff, very aggressive and physical. They, they love to go to the paint and throw up shots and then, you know, create, create shots on the perimeter. If, you know, they do run into the paint. Um, whereas Pelican Rapids is more of a, we're going to pass the ball around, try to figure out who the open person is and then take a shot. Um, so Pelican Rapids probably was averaging somewhere between 30 seconds to a minute every time that they had possession, um, which obviously doesn't help much for Albany, but once they did get the ball, they went off and went off to the races, but um, it was just kind of getting more familiar with that, that style of tempo for the Huskies. Um, but once the second half, half happened, it was pretty much a done deal because they started kind of figuring out where the ball was going to go, able to steal it, get some turnovers, um, create some offensive points and um, be able to close out the game in a sense. So 
Um, definitely a good game for them. Um, Paige Meyer and Abby Christian both were in double figures last night. Um, and as well as there was eight players altogether that, that scored, which kind of shows you the depth that the Albany Huskies have, um, which they will need heading into the next game and potentially the championship game. So, um, but yeah, definitely a fun game for sure. Um, you can check out all this, all the stories and stuff on sctimes.com that was put last night. So we'll have, we have all the coverage up on that. Um, but yeah, no, definitely a good game for sure. Yeah. And you know, that depth is what kind of led them to the section final game. I got to see last Thursday, which also happened since we last, uh, since we last recorded the podcast, they were they're able to play Sox center who, you know, some they'd lost to the year before, wasn't quite sure they'd met five straight years in the playoffs too. So, I mean, they're very familiar with each other and Albany blew them out. They won 53 to 30, kind of similar to their regular season meeting, um, on the road earlier. So they took care of business there. Um, they also had, you know, I think eight people score maybe in that one too. Kind of that's the, that's their main rotation right now. And they're even that game. They played a couple of freshman girls that played a lot more um, than earlier in the season, kind of some bigs that got some time and uh, Sox center is a really tall team. So they were able to, you know, throw that in as another kind of wrinkle. Um, Alyssa Sand and Kylan Garrett's were both freshmen. So um, it, it was good to see them implement some other younger players too. And I think Paige had, she had 19 in that game and really did a good job of passing, facilitating for other people, getting them involved, even though they really, I think they missed their first like 13 or 14 shots, something, but um, they settled in after that and played really well. And when they lost the year before, that was kind of the thing. I think Paige had like 20 and Maddie Herkinoff, she had like 15 and then no one else scored, like literally no one else scored. So um, I think they figured out that, you know, only two or three people is not going to get it done at this level. They're really working hard to, to get everyone involved in that. That kind of seemed to ring true last night too. Yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, I think, I think the, the main part is, is they're kind of forgetting, or they're, they're looking at the team aspect rather than the individual aspect. And I know for sure Paige Meyer is wanting that state title before she leaves and getting to the state tournament was huge because for her, I know last year was disappointing to say the least. Um, so for them, I'm sure it's, very nice to get there and being able to go to the target center this, this upcoming week is going to be a lot of fun for them. Um, they're also opening up more fans just due to the new guidelines from the MDH. Um, so they'll have a little bit more fan capacity in there. I'm hoping to get down there for, um, for the game as a media member. So hopefully I'll be able to get some pictures and such done. Um, but yeah, they play at two o'clock on Tuesday against um, the number three South seed team um Glencoe Silver Lake who beat Minnehaha Academy 58-57 last night so um Glencoe Silver Lake has uh, about three girls that are all averaging double digits um in points along with one specific girl that's averaging 24 points a game so um definitely going to be something to look at as they get ready for that game um and then if they do win they'll be playing on Friday at three o'clock um, for the state championship game at the target center. Um, and the other half of the bracket is new London Spicer, which familiar team for Albany. Um, the only loss they, that they've had this season. Um, and then also Providence Academy. So um, should be kind of a fun couple of games as we get ready for next week. Um, and like I said, hopefully I'll be down there to, to be able to cover it and, and get some pictures and have some fun down there. Yeah, I know in that Providence Duluth Marshall game too. You know there was a sixty-seven points one girl scored, um, set a new state record. 
I'm not sure if I get her name right, but Gianna Neepkins, I think it is for Marshall. But yeah, um, 67 points. I can't even That's imagine crazy. it. And it's almost even crazier that, that is the state record. You know, you almost always have those weird games where someone has 70, 80, 90 points and some yeah. blowout win or something. But to do it in a state quarterfinal game against a team that good, um, it's pretty crazy. They were able to they were able to do that. Couldn't get the win for Marshall, but a really good effort. And um, that'd, be, that'd be a lot of uh, tallies on my because I do tallies to figure out points. That'd be a lot of tallies on my. You have to go a couple pages. I probably need another yeah. line after that. So. We can't waste paper either. So, um, but other than that, I mean, Albany, you know, second state tournament appearance in three years. Um, they took fourth just two years ago um, and were just short last year. And, you know, they were regular state tournament participants for, for quite a long time. I think it was between 03 and 08. They went every year, 08, they won the title, 07, they were runner up. So, and then they weren't there again until 19. So, um, kind of starting to bring back a little bit of that tradition of state tournament success. Um, you know, they won their quarterfinal game two years ago and then lost their last two. So um, I know this will be big, and I, especially because I believe there's not um, – is there still third and fourth place games? I know there's not consolation games. There's not third and fourth place games either. Yeah, so it's winner go home. Winner go home. Yep, so it'll be even bigger. Um, you know, just looking at on paper, I think it's a really even matchup with Glencoe. Um, they only have four losses on the year and two are to New London Spicer, who's the only loss for Albany too. So um, New London's still the team to beat, but on the other side of the bracket. And like you said, that'll be a good game with Providence too. So a really fun class 2A tournament field, I'd say. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. And yeah, it should be fun as we get ready for Tuesday and um, see what see what's in store at Target Center. Absolutely. Well, great. Well, that about wraps up our coverage of St. Cloud State Hockey and Albany Girls Basketball. Um, On the other side, we're going to talk about a historic Sartell Gymnastics state title and then also um, a little bit other stuff on section tournaments, state tournaments for River Lakes and Sock Rapids Boys Basketball ending their seasons. But thanks for tuning in so far. and We'll be back right after the break. Welcome back to the SC Time Sports Report podcast. Um, big news as well. Sartell, you know, they won two state gym, uh, dance titles early in the year, and now they added a gymnastics title to, to a, a really strong winter season for the Sabres. Um, you know, they've been runner-up in Class A two years ago, runner-up in Class 2A last year, and they finally got it done this year with a really dominant performance. Uh, Brian was down there. Brian, what, what were just kind of some of your general takeaways from that night? Oh, it was kind of unique. Um, they had it at Champlain Park High School this year just due to the COVID protocols and such. Um, but definitely a, definitely still a fun one for um, for fans to see. Um, they were able to pack the gym a little bit. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know. It was, it was kind of different um, because usually you have teams competing at one time and then individuals competing at the next time. Now they kind of put every, everybody together and competed at the same time. Um, but it was very good, fl- flowed very well. Um, but yeah, like you said, Sartell's just been having a really good winter season. Um, two dance titles and then a third place title for the boys swimming team. And now another state title for gymnastics. And this year was definitely the year that they were eyeing um, to get that state title. 
they have a five, five seniors that are, you know, the pretty much the, the leaders of that team. And they've been the leaders of that team for a while. And um, this year, after two straight second finish, second place finishes, they wanted to get that first place title before they left. Um, they finished with a score of one, 148.050, um, which was first. And then second place was Forest Lake, who finished with 146.775. So one by about a point, um, a little over a point. So a pretty good performance by in that sense. Um, Stillwater, who was supposed to be kind of the, the second place team, honestly, had a really bad beam performance. Um, I think, I think they finished with 33 points on beam and that kind of hurt their chances of getting into the top three because Owatonna got the third place spot um, for Sartell. They finished on the vault with a 38.2 um, floor exercise, a 37.4 uneven bars, a 37.275. And then the beam was 35.175 beam was a little difficult. Um, I think we kind of knew that though um, coming in. With any team, um, the beam is always kind of a little bit more of a difficult uh, event for any but for for any team, um, and so they had a couple. They had a handful of girls um, fall off the beam, but due to the difficulty of their beam routines, um, they were able to gain some points um, just being able to get back on there and, and finish off the performance. Um, along with that, though, Marley Mashad, a senior for Sartell, she earned all around. I don't think she was expecting to win all around. Um, honestly, she was telling me um, she was joking around, but she said my ju- sophomore or junior year, I kind of told, I, t- I told um, the he- head coach, uh, Raquel Joseph, I was like, can I just not do all around anymore? I don't want to do it anymore. She goes, um, cause she kept falling or getting a bad score in one of the events. And she's like, I just feel horrible because I, <laughs> I do really well in the three events. And then the fourth one, I was just like, not good at all. <laughs> um, and so she's like, can I just focus on like two different events and just call it good? Um, Brickell was like, Nope, we're going to keep, keep strong with you. And, uh, you're, you're going to keep doing all around and we have faith in you. And obviously it showed on, on uh, Saturday night as Marley was able to get the first place spot with a total of 38.125 in the all around. Um, she finished basically 9.5 or higher in vault bars and floor. The only one that she didn't get a nine in was beam. She got an 8.95. So, um, but a very good performance by her. Um, the big message for them was their motto coming into the season was rise up. Um, they have it tattooed on their back with washable tattoos, by the way. Um, but they have them on their back and, and it was just, it was cool that all of them were able to rise up to the challenge especially with everything going on this season with COVID and, and everything else, um, not knowing if you were going to have a meet one week or another week or whatever it may be, and being able to step up when the time came for sections and state and being able to get that victory. Um, I think it was huge for them. Um, and then on the side, you just had, um, there were a couple other individuals um, that competed around the St. Cloud area. Um, Taylor Schaefer, she finished seventh overall in uh, the all-around with a 37.350. Carly Yang from Sartell, she also finished 13th in the all-around with 36.6. Um, Caitlin Zach from the Tech Cathedral Apollo Co-op, 
She finished 31st in the uneven bars with an 8.825. And then Carly Wessenbeck from Sock Rapids, she finished 44th on the beam with a 7.975. So a little bit of some representation at the, at the meet, um, kind of fun. Never, ever want to take pictures of gymnastics ever again in my life. Um, that was not fun, but uh, we, we tried our best. You know, you did your best. That's all you can ask for. Um, and yeah, Taylor Schaefer, you know, we got to write about, I got to write about her last week. Like you said, um, you know, another top 10 finish at state second straight year, um, top three finish in vault again. Um, so she continues to be um, a really bright spot for them at that St. Club co-op going forward as well. And um, yeah, it was, it was fun the last couple of weeks to actually, like we'd said, we've been trying to get to gymnastics all year. We couldn't, um, weren't allowed in a lot of places, a lot of different reasons, meets canceled in the end. Um, one of our team was state champions. So it, sometimes it works out nice like that. Usually not, but sometimes it does. Well, it was nice. It was nice to like, I think it was more comfortable for me to take photos because I knew that I had a stockpile of photos if I messed up from you back in the section tournament. Um, because yeah, it was, yeah, it wasn't as much fun as I thought it was going to be to try and take photos. So, um, but we got through it. Gymnastics is a tough one every time. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, we had a couple other teams um, that, you know, had really good seasons that their season came to an end this last week. Um, first one to talk about is Sock Rapids boys basketball. Um, I wasn't at that game, but I was able to stream that one um, on Friday night while Brian was, was doing, um, I think that was River Lakes girls hockey that night. Right. Yeah. So we kind of split up with two teams possibly having their last game of the year. Um, Sock Rapids rice. They fell short in that one to Alexandria 58 to 40. Um, they got down 15 points early, 22 to seven. Alexandria was just hitting everything to start getting defensive stops and Sock Rapids had a really tough time shooting the ball, um, for most of the night. And it really bit them in that first half. They Dominic math, uh, Matthews, you know, he had a pretty good game. He had, you know, nine points in the first half, three or four shooting kind of kept them in it, um, to get, you know, within about close to single digits by halftime, they did cut it to single digits, um, early in that second half, but then Alexandria just kind of ran away with it. They, you know, they hadn't been to state in I think six, seven years. Um, they were really close last year at that Apollo game that we were at. So they've only lost one game this whole year and they look really legit and they're going to be playing, um, I believe Monticello tonight in the, the state quarterfinals, Alexandria's. So um, see how far they can go. They have a, they have a decent draw to be able to go pretty far um, in the tournament from what it looks like they were seated pretty high, but um, Sock Rapids, they finished the year 11 and seven overall after a two and four start. Um, Ethan Upso, who averaged over 20 points a game all year, he was held to single digits that night, um, and made zero three pointers. And that, that ends up being one of the big things is when you have a guy, you expect to score that much every night and you lose by about 20 points. That's one of the big things, but credit to Alexandria. They made it tough for him all night. Um, and Sock Rapids, they just, they struggled to make shots. And when you can't make shots in big games, that's what's going to happen. But they still, you know, Ethan's the only one they're losing from their rotation. They're bringing back, you know, seven, eight juniors that play a lot. Um, so I'm excited to see what they can do next year as well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, uh, the, the junior class looks really strong and um, I know Derek um, is very excited to, to have them back and being able to continue building on what they were able to do this year um, for sure makes it, a little, a little easier for him during the off season to know that he has quite a bit of guys coming back. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're going to have to find a way to replace someone like Ethan, which isn't going to be easy when he's, you know, the focal point of your offense, but um, everyone's just going to have to step up a little bit 
little bit extra going forward and they definitely have the guys to do it. So um, a good season for the storm, even if it did come up a little short, um, I think their only other time they've been to a section final since, um, you know, early two thousands was just a couple of years ago when they did go to state, um, you know, about three years ago or three or four years ago, they went to state. But other than that, they hadn't even been in a section final since then. So it kind of shows they're starting to, to make those deep postseason runs um, a little more consistent, which I'm sure, I'm sure they like to see in the program. Absolutely. And then the, and then, yeah, you were out um, at the XL energy center again to see river lakes make their first ever um, state tournament appearance. And, you know, they kept the game close for, I think a lot longer than most neutral fans would have kind of expected. Definitely. No, I mean, they were playing the number one seed Gentry Academy. They got kind of a bad draw, um, to be quite honest, in the first round. And Gentry Academy is a newer team, but they are stacked. They have quite a bit of some talent. And um, River Lakes was able to hold them to a two-to-one game heading into the third period. I mean, it was a very close game. Um, Gentry Academy looked a little bit kind of off. And I think the reason behind it was because River Lakes was physical. Um talking to Alexis Clapp, the, the head coach, she, she even said, you know, we know that we're going to go to the penalty box sometimes because we're a physical team and physical teams sometimes make mistakes penalty wise. Um, so they were kind of prepared for having to do some power plays and stuff. The surprising part was they actually got a lot of power plays themselves. <laughs> and so they, they were trying to execute those. Um, the, the one goal for river lakes came from uh, Mackenzie Kramer's, um, in the first period, they actually took the lead first to go one nothing. Um, about a minute and a half or minute to a minute and a half later, Gentry Academy tied the game one one, um, and kind of brought the momentum back on their side a little bit. Um, they scored another goal in the second period to make it two to one, and then they scored two goals, kind of right away in the in the third period to make it four to one. And after that, it was it was a little harder for them to come back and be able to to tie up that game. Um, so eventually. Gentry Academy won four to nothing or four to one um, and eliminated the river lakes. But I know for the girls, they were really excited to get out there. They were screaming and hollering while they were running around um, pregame and the fans were kind of fun. They, they had these red wigs um, on their heads and um, had a bunch of signs and stuff to, um, to, to cheer on the stars and such. Um, But yeah, no, it was definitely a fun Fun atmosphere, even though there was only, you know, 250 people in the in the stadium. Um, still, you could get a sense that it was still pretty, pretty rowdy and and fun and, and that fun atmosphere that you should have at the XL Energy Center. Um, but, yeah, just a little a little tough with Gentry Academy. They're they're a very good team. And River Lakes knew that heading into the game. And um, they were able to kind of make them a little uncomfortable the first couple of periods. But once they came out in the third, um, seemed like they kind of stepped up to the challenge and was able to execute and get some goals. So, um, but with this team, this is a, a tough, tough year because there are, I think, six or seven seniors that are graduating from the team. Um, and so there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of replacement happening next season. Um, they have Keanu Roski as their leading scorer um, heading into next season. They also have Cadence Roski, who's the goalie. She's going to be coming back next year as well. Um, but you're you're going to be kind of filling in a few a few different girls um, along the way, and um, it'll be interesting to see if 
this is definitely a statement for River Lakes program, hockey program. Um, and they're hoping that this can, you know, help younger girls see what they can possibly do in this program. Um, but it's just going to, you know, take a little bit of more focus and effort to be able to get back there next year, just with the amount of replacement that they're going to have to do with the senior class. Absolutely. And it's, it's fun for that team too, especially having people from so many schools like Recorey, Albany, Painesville, kind of all over, um, gives, you know, a lot of different towns that excitement versus just one town, you know, having their team there in state when it's a co-op like that, which uh, we have a couple around here, but not any really that spread out that far like River Lakes does. It's cool to see all those towns get to celebrate their team making it to state for the first time, but absolutely. Yeah, so, so that, that about wraps up um, that coverage for us, Brian, you want to just fill in where, um, where you're going to be next week, where people can look for you. Yeah. So um, it's going to be weird these next couple of days. I'm not actually going to any games. Um, I, it's weird to say that, but um, I'm going to be going to a few practices for um, different sports and such for spring season previews. Um, but for the most part, I'll be kind of working on all metros this upcoming weekend, Tuesday. Like I said, I'm hoping to get out to the target center, um, be able to watch Albany take on Glencoe silver Lake in the semifinals, um, for girls basketball. And then later on in the week, um, the spring season starts up on Thursday, April 8th. So more than likely, um, depending on what happens with St. Cloud state and such, um, I might be helping out with that. Um, on Thursday, but otherwise I'll be um, maybe going to a couple baseball games or softball games. Um, I think Saturday, I'm definitely going to be going out to uh, the Mac to go watch Cathedral baseball um, on Saturday. So kind of get back into the rhythm of things. Baseball is my sport. So I'm looking forward to the spring season. I'll tell you that much. I know you are definitely. And yeah, I'll be, like I said, basically next week, I'm going to be out of commission for most of the week out in Pittsburgh covering the frozen four for us. And also, um, even if St. Cloud State doesn't make it to the final, covering it for USA Today and Gannett, um, whoever does make it that far. But we're gonna be, Dave and I will be busy with that. Um, and like Brian said, same for him, you know, finishing up those all metros, getting those spring previews done. I'm focusing mainly on track and lacrosse for boys and girls. Um, so those are the, the sports I'm talking to a lot of coaches, hopefully going to get out maybe to a couple practices uh, before games start up already that week I get back afterwards. So I thought, like we said, I thought there's going to be a break. There is no break, but that's just kind of how it works sometimes, especially with um, how weird the scheduling has been all year. But so far it looks like spring is going to be not normal, but relatively normal compared to what we've been dealing with all winter. So um, that's an exciting thing. And just to let people know ahead of time, um, I know we we're going to try and podcast next week before he takes off um, for Pittsburgh, but um, to let everybody know for all metros, we are going to be starting up all metros this weekend. Um, and it's going to be running throughout the entire week next week and into the next weekend. Um, to start off, wrestling will be in print on Friday. Um, girls hockey will follow on Saturday. Boys hockey will be on Sunday. Gymnastics will be on Monday. Um, boys swimming and diving on Tuesday. Girls skiing on Wednesday. Boys skiing Thursday. Dances on Friday and boys basketball is on Saturday and girls basketball is on Sunday. So um, quite a bit of different stuff. So if you you know have a kid in there or think that your kid's going to be making it, um, make sure to check out the print version or the online version um, at those times, because um, we'll be putting up, 
we're also kind of changing it a little bit this year. Uh, we're going to keep the first team and second team as is, but we're also including a player of the year um, just due to the fact that, you know, there are some really outstanding performances and we, we think that they deserve to be recognized. So, um, so we'll be putting on a player of the year aspect to it as well. So should be kind of fun um, to see, you know, how things are going. I know him, um, Zach and I have been talking throughout the week, um, trying to solidify our first and second teams for all the different, all the different uh, sports. We've been talking to some of the coaches and such as well. Um, and yeah, I think we have a pretty good idea of who's going to be where um, and congratulations to everybody ahead of time on, on their achievements. Um, definitely deserve it. And uh, it's kind of fun. It's, it's fun to be able to have a full season um, to be able to watch all these different kids play and um, be able to see their growth throughout the entire uh, winter season. Yeah, it definitely makes it easier when we're out at all these events to make those selections. And also, like you said, getting input from a lot of different coaches. And yeah, we'll talk about probably some of the ones that have already come out next week. Um, if we have time in the podcast, otherwise the following week, um, we'll square those away a little later um, on in April. But yeah, those are going to run April 2nd through April 11th. So make sure to get ready for that. And they're all going to be subscriber only. So make sure to subscribe um, to SC Times. If you don't, we always have deals going, um, always can get um, a pretty good price for what you're getting. So make sure to look for that. And with that, that about wraps up the show. So make sure to keep looking for state tournament coverage, frozen four coverage. There's gonna be a lot going on here at sctimes.com coming up. Uh, so thanks again for tuning into the podcast and we'll see you again next week.